0: So, I, I say that because uh, in, in teaching Bible school and Bible college and, and going through all the different stuff that I've done, is this is stuff that I've learned, and this is stuff that I've also learned through. You can find many, many courses on Bible study. You can find many, many courses. The, the theological term is called exegesis. Okay, okay, and, and uh, or, or theology. Theology is the study of God. Exegesis is the study of God's Word. I'm going to get into some things during this course that's going to be a little maybe out of your comfort zone because I'm going to use terms. I'm going to use statements and stuff that may challenge you. Why? Because I want to hopefully, by God's grace, teach you to study the Bible the way I do why I scripture just kind of jumps out of the pages at me and it, it just makes clear sense and some people have a hard time I can read something simple as John 3 16 and go through the whole message and dissect it but that is not what Bible study teaches Bible study teaches you to intersect not dissect are you with me? It teaches you to intersect, not dissect. And most of us are trying to dissect God's Word. Dissecting God's Word is something that was founded, you know, several hundred years ago by what's called disp- dispensationalist. Dispensationalists took this scripture where, where Timothy, Paul was writing to Timothy and, and talked about rightly dividing the word of truth, and they took it from a Greek word that did not mean what the Bible meant it to mean. Okay, I've got it here in my notes, so I'll just I'll just tell you uh, orthotomeo, and that's my way of pronouncing it, it. Might be one of you scholars could pronounce it better. Is the more correct term that. Uh, that Timothy, that the word of God uses in the original language in, in 2 Timothy 2, 15, which is what we're gonna kind of build from tonight. Okay? It is a mining term, it is a building term, it is an intersectory term. Okay? Uh, it is the idea of finding out what is there and taking the straight path of it. Okay. This is this is what is done by by the the the, uh, the uh, view of the covenant theologians, not the dispensationalist. Now, the covenant theologians, this is what they believe. The dispensationalist used a word that's very similar. It's katameo. Uh, I wrote it down just for this reason katatameo. It sounds like orthothamaeo, but it's, it's not. It's a very different. One means to dissect. And that's what most people do when they're studying God's Word, is they try to dissect it. Do you know why? We're trying to get it to say what we think it should say instead of what it does say. When I'm preaching on a subject, I am... I am extremely critical of my teaching that it is what the language is saying if I find a passage that I think it's what it's saying and I start to to look at it and I realize I could make it say that but it's not really saying that guess what I do with that passage I put it someplace else I don't use it for that subject Why? And I want you to hear this. This is why you hear a lot of, and I say this lovingly, respectfully, you hear a lot of one-liners in Christendom. You hear a lot of uh, scriptural references that are scripture, but they're not context. They're dissected to say what they want and not intersected to say what God wants. Am I making sense? Okay. So don't worry, this is not going to be blowing people's heads away. This is going to be real simple. I'm just trying to lay this simple foundation. Not simple to me, but okay. Are, are you with me so far? Okay. How many have any questions before I get started? What were those words you were just saying, huh? <laughs> Bless you. Can you spell that for (laughs) Hey, I I, I had a friend of mine. uh, He's actually not a friend. He was an acquaintance. Pastor Philemon knew him. He he was a pastor by the name of Ernie Lister. He was a, a Navajo pastor. This guy was brilliant. Brilliant. The only problem was, is when he came to preach, I had to take notes. And then after I took notes, and I took notes all the time, but after I took notes, I had to get a a Bible dictionary to understand the notes I just took. He He was incredible. Very articulate, very knowledgeable, very understanding, but he didn't make it very simple. And one of the things that made me fall in love with Jesus is he made it simple. And I'm a simple guy. I'm too simple to be deep, okay? Some of you can say amen right there. That was, a, that was a good place. I'm just too simple. Yes, I can get very complex, but I purposely do not intend to, okay? So let me jump into your notes. I've got several scriptures. Uh, I need, uh, I need uh, Lucinda's husband. Jeff, 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 Jeff. Jeff, Second Peter, it's in your notes. Okay, but I want you, to, you, have your Bible. Okay, I want you to use your Bible. Okay, I want you to go, folks, what are we doing tonight? Learning to study the Bible. I do not want you to read from the notes I give you. I want you to find them in your Bible. Are you okay? So if you didn't bring your Bible, try to bring it next week. Okay, so Peter, uh, I mean, Second uh, Peter 1, 15 through 19. And then, Suzanne, I want you to do 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21. Okay? Now we're going to go over here to, uh, we're going to, Jan McCoy, Luke, chapter 1, 69 and 70. Mark, Hausenflug, 2 Timothy 3, 14 through 17. This is all in your notes. Uh, Over here, Carlos, Acts chapter 1. Verse 16 and all the way back over here to Joanne, Acts 3, 18. Okay. And then I'm gonna because and Jack, I always pick on you because you got a good, clear, strong voice. Second Timothy two, ten through eighteen. This is gonna be our flagship text. And while you're getting those scriptures, and, and please, if I've given you a scripture, go find it now and keep your finger there or mark it or something. to where When it's your turn, you can go right to it. In your notes, and I'm going to read more stuff than I generally read because I want us to really, hopefully, grab a hold of what I'm, what I'm trying to do. The key statement, studying the Bible is not about the head, it's about the heart. Knowledge puffs up Charity edifies. Okay, charity meaning from the heart means from the from the uh, uh, from the giving of self. You never ever ever will receive anything from God unless you give. You don't receive new life unless you give Him your old life. You don't receive blessings unless you give blessings away. This is God's Word. This is God's plan for everything. So in, in your notes, there's a certain criterion to follow to have if, anybody, if somebody, anybody, is to study God's Word. And I want you to underline this note correctly. There is a correct way of studying God's Word. Now, you say, Pastor, do you have the correct way? Are you the only? No, I'm not the only. There's lots of, I say lots, there's, a, there's something I found out there. But most of the time, it, it settles on the head. This is why, you've heard me make this statement, I love exegesis, which is where I sit down and take a passage of Scripture, and I teach it, and I go through that passage, and I start to do things. And you'll have churches, they'll do passages, they'll, well, today we're going to be James 1, 1 through one fifteen, And they just go through that. It's not bad. But I have a hard time with the application of it because most of them are just going through the scripture and they're doing very well. But I'm, I, years ago, God challenged me to be a topical preacher. What is the difference? One just goes through the scriptures, not a bad thing. The other one goes through life situations. That's what I try to do. I would rather take life situations and tell you what the Word of God says about it then try to take the Word of God and tie it into your life situation and say what I say about it. Does that make sense? Once, once again, not bad, not, not a right or wrong thing. It's just a different thing. Okay, Carlos? huh. Yeah, could you break that down? Take those around for me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, what, what he said is when I went through Romans... When I went through Romans, Josh, I'm going to have you be a runner. Would you mind? Would you mind? You can stay back there, but just. Um, what I went through Romans, if you remember, is I didn't do it exegetically. That's okay. You can sit down. I just want you to. Um, I did not do it exegetically. I did it topically. I went through the passages topically. Okay? I, use, I When I did the book of Romans, I. I did it in in five different segments or something like that. I think it was five or six. And I did chapters one and two. Then I did chapters three through six. And then I did chapters whatever through whatever. I don't remember exactly now. But I did it more contextually of what Paul was trying to get to the church at Rome. Okay? So once again, I don't want you to leave here saying, Pastor Tim said these kind of preachers are bad. They're not. It's just different. God just told me this is the way... I want you to do it. And so that's why when you come to Victorious Life, you hear series and you hear topics, uh, you hear uh, things that make understanding uh, uh, in that capacity. Okay, so word correctly. I speak of seeking what the Word of God is saying and not what I'm trying to make it say. Am I making sense? Okay, if I were you, I would underline that word, that phrase. I want to find out what is God's Word saying, not what I'm trying to make it say. Because I can tell you right now, do you know why we have over a thousand different denominations? Because we can make the Bible say whatever we want it to say. And our point is not to make the Bible say what we want. We want to find out what the Bible says from God. Are you with me? Okay. So, I have met too many self-proclaimed Bible scholars that have he- that have a head full of knowledge but they lack a heart full of experience. Once again, Bible study is not about the head, it's about the heart. Truly, if we're studying God's word correctly, let me hear this because some of you are going to people are going to come to your mind. People that know the Bible very well, but their life doesn't emulate it. Okay? If you're studying the word of God correctly, your life will be changing. Why? Because you will automatically be applying what you're receiving. And if you're not, you're simply trying to change the Scripture to suit you, to find what you want. So in this, we learn to study God's Word that we might ascertain true effectiveness in understanding what the Word of God is saying to us, in us and through us in our our present life, day, and living. Okay? So how many with me so far? Okay. We're going to jump into the scripture, and I've got a lot of scripture. Okay? And so if you would uh, do that. Was there something I was supposed to announce tonight? Uh, Got Israel brochures. People that want to go to Israel, we have brochures with us. Uh, Uh The concert coming up, we got Jordan, what's his name? Jordan Feliz is going to be with us here in a few weeks. We've got tickets already, okay? And the tickets, and we got brochure or flyers and all that kind of stuff. And what is the price of the tickets? I'm sorry? $10. And is there a special on them at this time? Okay. So uh, it's $10 for a ticket. If you want to get VIP tickets, which are the up-and-front visiting guide ticket, you got to do that online. We... They're fifteen dollars. We have the GA tickets, general administ- general administration, general admission tickets. I'm sorry, and that too. Okay, so uh, that Israel. If you want the brochures, we have the brochures. Uh, I actually talked to Ken Gob today. We're bringing him in. He'll be with us in June. Uh, he's going to be speaking uh, on Sunday, Sunday morning in June. Uh, Actually, you can look at the calendar there and tell them exactly the date. I don't remember the, the date. For, for yeah, I think it's June. Is it June? Sunday. Sunday is the twelve,
1: but that says two broke.
0: June. It's the same week as as two broke.
1: Right there. fifth and,
2: six.
0: yeah. Fourth, fifth and yeah. sixth. Yeah. Fourth. Yeah. Uh, Fourth. <laughs> Yeah, two broke us. Uh, Jack knows what I'm talking about. It's a it's a CMA and a, you know, a motorcycle thing and and then uh, uh so Ken's going to be here talking about Israel, but he's going to talk Sunday morning to the church and bring a wonderful message, but also we're going to do a special 4th, meeting. 6th, so it's yeah, Sunday. Yeah. Okay. 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 15 through 19. Okay? Want you to over here, Carlos. Microphone? Okay, then the next one's right next to him. (laughs) Suzanne. (laughs) Okay, what version are you reading? NIV.
2: And I will make every effort to see that after my departure you will always be able to remember these things. We did not follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of the majesty for he received honor and glory from God the father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory saying this is my son whom I love with him I am well pleased we ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain and we have the word of the prophets made more certain and you will do well to pay attention to it as it is the as to a light shining in the dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts.
0: Okay, what was the statement that Paul said in this passage? He said, we have a more sure word. This was talked about thousands of years ago. The difference in the word of God from every other, I'm going to use the word loosely, religious book in the world The Word of God bases on fulfilling prophecy. It is the only religious book in the world that is 100% accurate and will tell us everything that's going to happen in the future. Paul said, these prophecies were given of old. It bears you good to hold on to them. bears you good to hold on to them. When the Bible talks about confidence... When the Bible talks about holding your profession, He tells us to do that with our hearts. We understand what the Word of God says, and regardless what somebody else says, I'm sealed in that. I know what it said. It was true then. It will be true in the future. It is true today. It is a heart commitment. Let's go to verse 20 and and, uh, 21, I think it is.
1: Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the, own, by the prophet's own interpretation of things.
0: Okay, so read that again.
1: Sure. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things.
0: Okay, stop. What is the Word of God saying? I just talked about it. The guy didn't come down and figure out something and said, I'm going to make this thing say what I wanted to say. It wasn't his private interpretation. what did he say? Go ahead and read it again. I, you, ladies and gentlemen, I, I, what I'm trying to chop away at the beginning is the reason we have such a hard time with Bible study as we try to understand the thing that's not understandable except that we realize it was already established. Am I making sense? Okay, so read that again, would you?
1: Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. 21. For the prophecy never had its origin in the human will.
0: Okay, say it again. The prophecy what?
1: Never had its origin in the human will.
0: What's it say again?
1: Did I say it right?
2: Yes, you did.
0: I'm sorry. I just want you to say it again.
1: For the prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets through human spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit.
0: But the prophets, though human, they were spoken through by God with the Holy Spirit. It never had its origin in the human will. There's a lot of people, I shouldn't say a lot of people, there's various sects of organizations that teach that the Bible will say whatever you want it to say to fulfill whatever you want it to fulfill. Very true statement. But they have built their lives on those statements. Okay? No prophecy. Of scripture is for private interpretation how many people have you heard say these words and maybe you did at one time but I want you to understand tonight is a very wrong statement the statement is it all depends on how you interpret the Bible how many have ever heard somebody say that lift your hand up high okay what does this scripture say it's not open Interpretation. So the obvious next question how do you interpret the Bible then? You interpret Scripture with Scripture. God never has, never will. I was watching an interview the other day between a, a Baptist pastor and a homosexual pastor. And the interview was very short, very Succinct interview. The homosexual pastor couldn't get a word in edgewise because he had nothing to say. Because the other pastor was just bringing forth Scripture. And the homosexual got one word in there and he said, well, we understand that the Scripture is evolving. And the, homos- and the Baptist Baptist, God's word doesn't change. By the whim or by the will? What'd you say, Bill? Same yesterday. Hebrews 13:8. The same yesterday, today, and forever. It is not about man's will, it is about God's word. It's not private. So when we try to privately interpret it, what are we trying to do? Get the word to say what we want. It's a head issue. When we want the Word to say what God says, that's a heart issue. Am I making sense? Okay? This might be very simplistic. This might be very uh, elementary for some of you. But I bear you to show it with me because this is how I learned to study and this is how in Bible college I would teach Bible study and I had lots of people say I've never learned the Bible so easily. Once you get past your head, the heart can do awesome things. Okay? So let's continue on here. Look at Luke chapter 1, 69 and 70. Who has that? Okay? Luke chapter 1, 69 and 70.
1: And has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets who have been since the world began.
0: So what's it say? Once again, it goes back to what already has been. You see, the validation of God's word is this never changed. And everything He said that would come to pass at that time had come to pass. And whatever He says will come to pass, folks, you can take it to the bank. It is going to come to pass. Let's look at Second Timothy three fourteen through seventeen. You're going you're gonna to see, see a common thread through all of this. Hold on just a second, Mark. Yes, Bill. So, just with, uh, Question: Luke Is Luke one sixty nine seventy then what you're saying about how the, we interpret Scripture with Scripture? I mean, do we need to refer to Scripture like this to to make sure that we understand that? Uh, back in wherever that was, I don't have the the back reference there, but wherever it was said in the Old Testament about um, about a mighty Savior, that this is how we interpret that. Is that what you're saying yeah, when you wh- say wh- interpret what I'm scripture do, by Scripture? Wh- what I'm do- what I, he's asking does this mean because the reference is the horn of salvation, understanding what does that concept mean in this series? I'm going to get very practical with you and teach you how to actually. Study the Greek. Study the Hebrew. Stutter. Study uh, not stutter. That was that was Moses. Okay. Uh, Study uh, the different literary aspects to find out what this means contextually. So it's going to get a little interesting. Are you guys okay with that? Okay. I told Pastor Philemon and Pastor Ray. uh, They asked me how long is this course going to go, and I said until they until I lose interest. Not me. I have great interest in this. But if you lose interest, we'll change the course. Okay? Not because it needs to be changed. It's, you can't grow people if they're not here. Okay? So that's very good. So uh, let me get, get your pencil out. There's a Bible that I would recommend that if you can get. It's very inexpensive the way they have it these days but it's a bible that will make you study the bible with the bible. It is called the Thompson Chain Reference. Thompson Chain's Reference. If you can, I would buy one that is not a red letter edition. Okay, the red letter edition just simply means they made the, the words of Jesus in red. But if you ever read a red letter edition and said, that sure the heck don't sound to me like Jesus talking. That's because every word that's in red is not always Jesus. Okay? Sometimes it's a typo, sometimes it's whatever. Okay? But a Thompson chain reference. All a Thompson chain reference does is it chains the whole Scripture together. It interprets the Bible with the Bible. It's the first Bible I studied with. And that's probably why I became very good at Bible study. Okay? is It just... It takes this passage in, in Luke, and it'll tie it back to the passages in the Old Testament, and then it'll take it right back to the passage of the New T- it'll bring it all together to where when you're done, guess what? you're going to understand what that passage means. A translation uh, I'm going to get into all this stuff as we as we go through this. This is a little ahead of me, but um, yeah, let's talk about that later, okay <laughs> For right now. Oh, what translation of the Thompson Bible? (laughs) Yeah, English. (laughs) Uh, uh, You're going to laugh, but my favorite translation still is King James. Okay? It's, it's, It's a harder translation to understand only because they use archaic language that we don't use in today's language. If you're in England, it probably works okay, but over here, it doesn't as much. Uh, the New King James Version tried to do that. You just got to be a little cautious because they were neuterize some areas, and what I mean by that is they're trying to take the masculinity of the Scripture away. Okay, God is male, and He created man and woman. Okay, and God, when He talks male in the Bible, you know what He means, male. When he talks female in the Bible, you know what he means? Female. But man, well that's not the that's not the concept, really. So uh version you know King James, New King James, I would not have a problem with NIV. Okay? Older version NIV. Yes, Pastor Ray. Yeah. Thompson Chain of the United States. It used to be only King James is all you could get. I don't know which ones they have now. Okay. Uh, a translation that I use a lot these days that actually they did a very good job is the Living Translation. Okay, The, N, the New Living Translation. N-L-T. So I use that quite a bit. Okay, not a Bible, I'm sorry? Yes, it is. You're thinking of the, you're thinking of the Living Bible. Or the, Bible or the Message Bible. And you're correct. The Living Bible, T-L-B- is a, I'm I'm coming back, oh you want to fix my ears, my thing, Uh, the Living Bible, as Danny's referencing, is a paraphrase, and what a paraphrase is, is basically, it's a walking commentary of the scripture, okay, yeah, I don't, my ears don't work, okay, so, uh, and the Message Bible, same thing, they did great jobs, but it's still, it's, it's a paraphrase, they're commenting as the scripture goes. Okay, so let's get back on this. Acts chapter 1, 16. Uh, well, sh- I'm sorry, Mark. Second uh, Timothy three fourteen through 17. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know tho- you know those from whom you've learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which you are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture is God-breathed through Uh, All Scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training for righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. All Scripture is what? God breathed and is profitable for reproof, rebuke, learning, understanding why. Why? that the workman can be thoroughly equipped. Ladies and gentlemen, I read lots of books. But the moment I find that book doesn't measure up with this book, the old, that book goes away. The scriptures are the only, they're the only compass. Are you okay with that? There's lots of new teaching, but... The, the scripture there in Timothy said, Timothy, you're thoroughly convinced. You know what it says. Stay grounded in that. And then he goes he goes on and says, you know, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. And, and you know, he, he said, don't, don't give in to these things. You know where they're coming from. Are you with me? Acts chapter 1, verse 16. Who has that?
3: And said, brothers and sisters... The scripture had to be fulfilled
0: in which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through David concerning
3: Judas, who served as guide for those who arrested Jesus.
0: What did he say? The scripture had to be fulfilled. Okay? One of the things people say, Pastor, is the Mormon church really a cult? Yes, it is. Okay? Why? They have a different scripture. They have a different God. They have a different every go- uh, gospel. Everything's different. Okay? Everything they have done this, they have studied through the prophecies of the Book of Mormon, the doctrine of covenant, and the Pearl of Great Price. That's the books of Mormon. Okay? And every one of their prophecies and every one of their locations and every one of their everyone, without exception, is found false. But that shows you the power of the enemy's deception. Because you can't, you can't get those people to, to turn from it without God's miraculous intervention. Okay? What did the scripture he just read? The prophecy has confirmed it. It's a done deal. You know, Judas had to betray Christ. You say, why? The prophecy said he would. David wrote it in the book of Psalms. Remember I was telling you about uh, the the, the uh, Shepherd Trilogy, Psalm 22, 23, and 24, talks about it. Talks about the 30 pieces of silver. Talks about all the different things. That's why when you read the Shepherd's Psalm, we all love Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But we don't understand that the psalm actually started in chapter 22. And it didn't end until chapter 24. I do actually, I taught. I taught on the shepherd psalm here, I don't know, probably three years ago, four years ago now. And I took you through 22, 23, and 24, the whole passage. But that's what we try to do. If we like the pieces we like, and we don't like the other things we don't like. Most of the time because it makes us uncomfortable. So, uh, Acts three eighteen. Who has that one? Three eighteen. Acts three eighteen. Somebody. Who was it? Oh, back here in the back, Joanna. Okay, and then over here, Jack, is the next one.
1: But this, is, but this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Christ would suffer.
0: This is how God fulfilled. How did he fulfill? That all the prophets said. And who gave the prophets the word? God. And all God does is fulfills what he said. Ladies and gentlemen, very clear. And we're going to get into our flagship uh, text now. Very clear. If it's changed and it doesn't line up with God's word, it is not God. I don't care who, it might, your favorite preacher can be preaching it. If it doesn't line up or it changes God's word, it ain't God. I have people tell me, well, Pastor, T- God told me. And there's sometimes others tell me, well, I'm sure God told you. It's not the God I serve, but God told you. There's lots of gods. But how do we know that it's God? It lines up with His Word. And I'm going to make a very bold statement every single situation in your life will line up with God's Word if God's in it. That feels good just saying that. Hmm. Jack, would you please read 2 Timothy two, ten through 18? I'm going to try really hard not to stop you. So read it as if I'm not going to stop you.
2: Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Here is a trustworthy saying. If we died with Him, we will also live with Him. If we endure, we will also reign with Him. If we disown Him, He will also disown us. If we are faithless, He will remain faithful, for He cannot disown Himself. Keep reminding them of these things. Warn them before God against quarreling about words.
0: Okay, stop there. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry, but stop there. Warn them about quarreling with words. What's the Scripture saying? Don't argue the word. God's right. Everybody else is wrong. Look what it says in context. You read it in context. He said, if we disown him, he will, he will disown us. If we are faithless, he will remain faithful. Why? He cannot disown himself. Why? His word is truth. In him is truth. There is no darkness. There is no lie. There is no shortcoming or fallings or anything. He cannot disown himself. So he goes on here, and people will, well, that's not, that's not really what it's saying. It said, Remind you yourself of these things. Warn them before God against quarreling about words. There's no value. And then what's it do? It ruins those that do want to listen. This is why in situations like this, the enemy loves to bring consternation. He loves to bring irritation and frustration. They people ask questions, they do things, and the ones that want to hear get now distracted. In this class, when I'm teaching, I'm pretty I, I'm and I say this. God forgive me, I'm not trying to be <laughs> like I know everything, but I do very well with pretty much any question that gets, an- that gets questioned. And by God's grace, I'm able to bring it back, and sometimes we'll answer it, we'll deal with it, sometimes we'll take it another time, sometimes we just, you know, hopefully bury the thing that never comes up again. <laughs> but the reality is there's no problem with doing that. But what it does is it causes issues with And ruins those that want to listen. What are we listening to, Lucinda? God's Word. What is the quarrel about? God's Word. Warn them that it's ruining everything. Okay? Now it comes to the passage that most people have twisted. Go ahead, Carlos. Does that include, like, talking about uh, the Bible with your... Uh Friends from other religions Religions?: Okay, uh, I don't want to get into that one tonight, but that's a good one. We'll get into it later time. It is never right to argue the scripture. The only one that wins is the enemy. The only one. We can debate, but not argue. And how do you debate? Okay. I'll give you one one thing real quick on that and I'll get off of it and then we'll go back to Jack. I was uh, I was a young Christian. I was learning how to study the Bible. This Thompson chain reference. I was doing I mean, God was just doing just pouring the stuff into me. I just, I just eat it. I couldn't get enough. And I had a new convert in our church that so the Jehovah Witnesses wouldn't leave me alone. Now, the Jehovah Witnesses, you have to understand, they have their own Bible. It's called the New World Translation. They believe that every Bible is okay, as do the Mormons, as it is accurately translated. They believe their Bible is the only accurate translation. So God took me over there, and I say God because I'll tell you what happened. I'm in there, and God, uh, I'm talking to this guy. It's really funny. The guy's name was Saul. Saul. And he was the head Jehovah Witness for the whole region. And here I am. I'm not saved very long, but I'm talking to Saul. We know who Saul was before he became Paul. Well, this was Saul. Wasn't no Paul around. That was Saul. And so God spoke to me and said, use their Bible. So I put my King James away. I took my Bible and put it away. And I said, let me see your New World Translation. They believe their Bible is perfect, not a single mistake. They believe Jesus is a God. In John 1, 1, passage we know very well, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. Okay? In their translation it says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. See how the enemy deceives? He just adds a little bit, just like the Garden of Eden. And so God said, use their Bible said, okay. And then all of a sudden the Lord just kind of took over. He said, go to Acts chapter 4. I said, oh, okay, I'll go to Acts chapter 4. I wasn't quite sure where I was going. And then God said, and just read them verse 12. And they, I, I'm, a, I'm a new Christian. I want them to save saved a little while, but I'm, I'm devouring God's word. And in their Bible, it says the exact same thing that it says in I-Bible their translators messed up. It says there is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. And then it goes on and starts naming Jesus as the cornerstone that the builders threw away. Saul had nothing to say. Saul left that boy's house that day. And God showed me some other scriptures. Never came back again. Matter of fact, He resigned the headship of his region. Why? Their Bible had a mistake. They can't live with that. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you from Genesis to Revelation, there's not one mistake. There's not one iota. There's not one fault. There's not one frailty. You can sit down you can talk to me about all the contradictions. There are no contradictions, ladies and gentlemen. It is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it will be life and health to those who find it. But this is how you find it. Go ahead with 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. Go ahead, Jack. And then I'll get to you your question. Right, actually, let me get to the question. Go ahead. Over here. How many think this is going to be a fun study? Oh,
1: yeah. yeah. I, I'm going to like it. I just was um, going back to what Lucinda said. How do you know that that says arguments? Go ahead. And, oh and I went to 2 um, Corinthians 10, where it talks about the weapons of our warfare.
0: Are not carnal, but mighty Are not through guns for pulling down a stronghold.
1: Strongholds casting down, 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 down arguments, arguments or vain yes. imaginations. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God,
0: and bringing into captivity every old thought to the obedience of Christ. Which which book King is this? King James. But New King James. What though? What is this? It's a Living Bible. No, it's a which study Bible is it? Spirit-filled. Oh, spirit-filled! Great, great Bible, great Bible. Casting down arguments, vain imaginations, vain imaginations. In other words, it's about you, not God. Remember the message I just preached last week on King Solomon talking about heaven? Oh, you don't want to miss this Sunday. I'm going to take you into heaven. I'm going to take you into God's Word, and I'm going to, I'm going to show you what the Bible. Ooh. Yeah. I'm sorry. I get it. Yeah, it's going to be good. So you don't want to miss Sunday. But uh, that's what he said. He said, Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. In other words, The the original language says, everything without God is empty. Everything without. And he said, vain imagination, arguments, anything separating you from the things of God. Okay? So, go ahead. Jack, 215.
2: Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed. Okay, stop there. Look at
0: what he says here a workman. Two things he says. Approved of God and not ashamed in this world. And then he tells us how we do this. Folks, this is critical and I'm using this as the flagship because this is what sets all Bible study apart. Okay, we talked about how the dispensationalists go this way and we talked about how the covenant theology goes the other way. I gravitate to the covenant theology because it includes basic difference between dispensationalism and the, the, the uh, covenant theology is one believes that is, that J- the Jews and the Gentile, or the Jews and the Christians still are two different groups that were merged together, grafted in together, that God didn't do away with the Jews and lift up the church, but they're both pertinent today. Dispensationalists believe the Jews are done away with, their time is gone, and it's all about Christians now. Okay? So that's the 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 basic difference. That's why they go into dissecting the word and covenant theology goes into in 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 uh uh intersecting the word. I want to find out what the word's saying instead of just trying to make it say what I want it to say. So he says approved of God not ashamed in this world and he tells us how to do it. Look what he says. Go ahead. Got
2: to go back to 15. Do your best to do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the truth. And does what? Correctly handles the truth. And does what?
0: Correctly. Correctly. So let me ask you, if the Word of God says something in that capacity, some translations say rightly dividing, correctly handling. Uh, There's another one, and I can't remember what it is. There's three basic uh, correctly explains, okay, but correctly handles. Think about it. There is a right way to study God's Word. And that's what we're going to do over the next few weeks. Go ahead, Jack.
2: Avoid godless chatter because those who indulge in it will become more and more
0: ungodly. Okay, stop there. So once again, we go back to what you asked a little while ago, Lucinda, the godless chatter, arguing about Scripture arguing about things, arguing about religions, what you're talking about, Carlos. This is this is godless chatter, and he says to avoid it. You know what the truth says, state the truth, stand on the truth, and let the truth do its work. God will send His word to accomplish that which pleases Him, Isaiah 55. Okay? So go ahead, Jack.
2: Their teaching will spread like gangrene. Among them, Hymenaeus and Philetus, who have wandered away from the the truth. Okay, stop there. So it's
0: possible, listen what the Word of God says, to have the truth and then to what? Walk away from it. Folks, this, in today's world, this whole thing of, of, uh, of, of election and unconditional reconciliation, eternal security, is big stuff. Why? We want to know that we're okay no matter what. And we are. I tell people, I'm eternally secure if I stay secure eternally. Right. <laughs> How do I do that? By living the life. Applying the Word of God to my life. Are you with me? Okay. Hymenaeus and Philetus, they wandered away. Look, Go, Continue on, Jack.
2: They say that the resurrection has already taken place and it destroyed the faith of some. And this,
0: this has been dealt with in in many books of the Bible. Uh, uh, Thessalonians is one of them very plainly. First Corinthians is dealt with again. Paul has to go back and say, guys, it hasn't happened. When it happens, you will know. Okay? So, questions. Questions so far. What is, where is the thing that we're trying to establish in studying God's Word? Jack?
2: I think this is on the right path. What about the, the passage that says they have ears that we cannot hear or will not hear? And doesn't it also say that he has the ears of some and, or something to that nature?
0: Hold that, that question for next week. Okay? It'll just take me a little bit too long to answer it. Okay? Very good question. Okay? But you will find out when we talk about it next week, bring it up next week, that it has more to do with the head than the heart. Okay? Remember, Bible study has nothing to do with the head. Everything to do with the heart. Okay? Good question, little Jack. Okay. Any other questions? Okay. Establishing the truth and accepting it as truth is foundational to studying God's Word. That's why we went through these passages, and I could have went through hundreds more, but we have to understand it is irrevocably, the truth. It is the foundation, it is a structure, it is everything that we build our lives on. There are some very simple truths to study God's Word that is true with any area of life, learning, or living. Let's look at some of these foundational truths that enable us to study. So we're going to look at these, okay? To study the Word of God that enables you to grow, first thing, real simple, folks, got to be born again. You're not saved, you can read the Bible all you want, it's a great book. And God can do miraculous things, and we'll talk about that. It's through God's Word we get saved. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. But yet there are many that go in there with a head and no heart, that it just touches the head. That's all it does. Okay? And sadly, too many Christians. This is what the Bible calls a carnal Christian. The Bible is a spiritual book. Pastor Ray, I want you to read Romans chapter 8, verses 5 through 11. The Bible is a spiritual book, combining spiritual things with spiritual words. Thus so, it is of necessity that it be read with spiritual understanding. Uh, As Pastor Ray is turning there, let me tell you one of the greatest keys to Bible study, prayer. When you open this book, pray. God, show me what you're saying. Give me understanding. This is why when you open your Bible, it can say from the same passage a host of different things, all pertaining to the same passage, same context, but you're in a different place in your life, and it comes alive in a different way. That's why the, the, uh, 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 the Bible says it's life and health to those who find it. Okay, so let's look at Romans 8, and I want you just to read it through, Pastor Ray, 5 through 11. We're talking about it's a spiritual book, and it's understood through spiritual understanding.
3: Go ahead. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. Those who are set on the sinful nature, those who live the worldly life,
0: where is their heart set? That's where that. That's where it's at. That's why their head is filled with the world. And they can't get past their head to their heart because they're committed to that life. Continue on.
3: But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on the Spirit's desire. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The simple mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor does it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit who lives in you.
0: It's not a head problem. It's a heart problem. Uh, First, uh, Steve, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It is a heart issue. We have to get our hearts to rule our minds, our spirit to rule our flesh. Only a spiritual man or woman can understand the truths that Scripture expounds and teaches. We go into the Bible many times. Trying to get knowledge when the Bible tells us we should go into it trying to get understanding. What is the difference between knowledge and understanding? I'm not that's not a trick question, very simple, it's application. Okay, the book of Proverbs says, Knowledge guided by understanding is wisdom. How do you know someone who the Bible says is wise? They're applying to their life what they've known because it's been understood. And you will only do the a part of the scriptures that you understand. If it's just in your head, oh, it's great. How many people know people that know the Bible really well in their head? Anybody here? They can quote scriptures. They can, I mean, but you watch their life for a little while and you say, where the heck? Where's the scripture? Does anybody know anybody like that? Is anybody, somebody like that? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. <laughs> but that's the truth, is we're like that. Okay, if you are a Christian here, and you have those, you say, well, that just means I'm a horrible, no, it doesn't mean anything at all, other than you aren't maturing in a particular area of life. Mm-hmm. Maturity comes with application. You've got to get from the head to the heart. Head to the heart. The only way you shut the mouth is you gotta get from the head to the heart. Okay, I'm just yeah. That wasn't in my notes. That was just that was free. That
2: was free. Okay.
0: First Corinthians chapter two, verse fourteen. Go ahead. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. The what man? The natural man, the carnal man. The carnal man, the natural man, or the man without the spirit. Amen. He doesn't have the Spirit of God ruling his life. Why? We get back to my essence. It's not about the head. It's about the heart. What does this natural man say? Go ahead. Finish off. The things
2: of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned or understood.
0: (laughs) They're foolish to him. Why? He can't figure them out. What is this whole dying to live? What is this whole the first shall be last? What is this whole the greatest shall be the least? It's all foolishness. Am I making sense? Okay. Uh, Bob, John 3, 3. Yep, John 3, chapter 3, verse 3. A spiritual, spiritual discernment, that word discernment is understanding or coming to grips with or, or knowing how it operates. Spiritual discernment can only be obtained one way. It's in your notes. What is that way? You've got to be born again. To have spiritual judgment. Listen to me before Bob reads this. How many here have ever come up to something and you made a decision about something and you don't have a clue how you made that decision, but yet it was the right decision? Anybody here? Most, most hands will go up. What's that called? It's called spiritual discernment. The Bible tells us very clearly that the, the disciples were going before the magistrates and they didn't know what to say. And the Holy Spirit spoke, said, don't worry. I'll give you what to say at that time. When I went before that Jehovah Witness, I'm a young Christian. I don't have a clue what to say. But I had spiritual discernment. The Holy Spirit gave me what to say. And it made a difference. Okay? So listen to what it says in John 3.3. 3. Scripture up over here. Uh, Carlos, Bob.
2: Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again.
0: Truly. That's got to be King James. Truly. Most assuredly. You cannot see the kingdom of God unless you are born again. Now we're talking about the eternal But we're also talking about the physical, the natural. Jesus told the disciples, the kingdom of God's with you. The kingdom's already here. That's why we're able to live the life we're able to live as Christians. Why? Because the king already operates with us, guides us, directs us. Why? Because we have yielded our lives to him. Therefore, we're already operating in the kingdom, and one day we're going to be in that kingdom. But right now, we're already operating in it. Does that make sense? Okay? And so, we have this understanding that except a man be born again. Now, it's interesting you read the rest of that passage. He's talking to Nicodemus. He's talking to one of the real smart guys. He's talking to a Pharisee, a religious ruler. And he says, don't you understand this stuff? You're a teacher in Israel, and you don't even understand what I'm talking about. Ladies and gentlemen, there's many in the church the same way. We've gone to church our whole lives, and the simplest message, the simplest word, just goes over top of our head. Why? Because we are not spiritually discerning them. We're not making spiritual judgment. What does this say according to God's word? That's why I tell you, when I preach the gospel, thank you for your trust. Thank you for believing me. Thank you for, for honoring me to be your pastor. But don't dare take my word if it doesn't line up with His word. You've got to. You've got to. You know one of the greatest compliments that I can get when somebody takes this home and they say, Pastor, I'm learning. I'm growing. I've had them take it home and they've found mistakes. Where I wrote 2nd Timothy instead of 1st Timothy. Or I've written, I've, you know, put, put down, you know, the book of Zerubbabel. It happens. That's the greatest compliment that I can get. You know why? You're taking God's word, not man's word. That's why I go through the effort of doing all of this. And I irritate our other pastors because I make them do it too. Why? It makes us... Go look at the Word. Amen? <coughs> so we need to take God's Word and begin to apply. It's not a head issue. It's a heart issue. Okay, Pastor, make that simpler. I got it. It's not a head. It's a heart. It's about application. Do you know how you know it got from your head to your heart? It's as on your feet. You're living it. You're walking it out. Well, I don't, I don't fully understand it. That's fine. You're still walking it out. Am I making sense? Okay, so let's, let's go on. A scholar of the Word might get by without being born again, but we will see the difference immediately. And then there's one of these little Tim things that I say. The fruit won't be founded, for the root isn't grounded. The fruit won't be founded because the root isn't round, isn't grounded. As Christians living in a secular society, we need the ability to discern spirits. It takes advanced Christian training in order to tell the difference between patriotism and chauvinism, piety and superficiality, piety that is profound and the mind of humanism and the mind of Christ. Trying to do this in a secular college is like trying to diet and eat Kentucky Fried chicken. You knew I'd get chicken in there someplace, didn't you? <laughs> you? You just can't do it. Do you know, almost every college in America has the Bible as a literary book, But you dare not say it has anything to do with spiritual or ethical or moral. In your notes you may become proficient in Greek, Hebrew, Latin, Aramaic and still not discern or have understanding of God's Word. To understand God's Word you must have knowledge of the Holy and understand the language of the Spirit. The way that happens is you begin to apply what God's Word. God, I don't understand this whole love your neighbor as yourself or bless those that curse you or do good to those that hate you or love those that that accuse you. You know when you'll understand it? When you start doing it. Well, I don't feel like it. Jesus didn't feel like going to the cross either. But aren't you glad He did? He applied it. The Matter of fact, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that by the things He suffered, He learned to be a son. That's why over and over, He said, I didn't come to be served, I came to serve He said, I didn't didn't come, you know, to have everybody lavish me or to set up a kingdom on this earth with me being the ruler on the throne. I came to show you how to get to the king. He said, I do one thing, and that's my father's will. Nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. Am I making sense today? When you begin to take those things that you say, I don't understand that. And then you do it, you'll find out how fast you start understanding. It's not a head issue. It's a heart issue. You say, well, break it down a little bit more, Pastor. Come on, Hansley, you're not telling me. Break it down. Break it down. Think about it for a second. Okay? If Rosie here, if all she does is does what her head sells her, well, she's been hurting her head. She's been hurt by people. She's been hurt by situations. She's been hurt. But if she doesn't get down in that heart and the Spirit of God's telling her, Rosie, it's okay. I was hurt too. But I'm dealing with this. And I did this. And I did that. If she don't let the heart rule the head, one day that head's going to cause her to be dead in more ways than one. Are you with me? This is why the Bible tells us to do. Be doers of the word not hearers only that's interesting there in James 4 when he tells us those words be doers of the word not hearers only whereby deceiving yourselves Bible study it's incredible when you understand how to correctly handle the word of truth are you with me so far Okay? You, uh, uh, you can become great in the Word and the ways of God. Now, I want you to hear this, ladies and gentlemen. I was pastoring five years, almost five years, before I touched a Bible school. What was it? Five years? Three years. Before I went to Bible school. I'm already pastoring. Only Bible school I went to was the School of the Bible. I I I don't have what I have because I have a degree on the wall, because I taught at Bible at Bible College. That's not why. I. It's not because I have a P or had a PhD. It's because I have God. That kind of rings right there. Works good. What do you think, Mark, is my humor getting better? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You ought to see the picture I got here. Mark's down here like this, shaking his head. Oh, definitely. (laughs) I'll love you too, yeah. But think about it. You can become great in the word and the ways of God and never touch the Greek and Hebrew and not even have a clue what it says simply because you're minding the things of the Spirit. There have been many in years gone by, and even today, that have no knowledge of the original languages, yet they still possess a greater understanding of the depth, the fullness, the beauty, the majesty of the scriptures, simply because they have gotten their hearts to live for God. The one who has spiritual discernment, the one who lives life by the heart and not the head, has a far better grasp of the truths of the things of God than the one with great knowledge and literal literary capability. It's a heart issue. It's a heart issue. I'm going to read this passage, and then we're going we're to wrap up for the night. Okay? First Corinthians chapter two, it's in your notes. Did I leave it in your notes? Okay? First Corinthians chapter two verses 1 through 16. When I came to you, brothers, this is Paul speaking, he said, I did not come with eloquence or superior wisdom. I think he came speaking like me. You know, he just tells people to get their head out of it. <laughs> you ought to have been here last Wednesday. Last Wednesday, John Harmill was, was teaching first time, and I think he did an awesome job. How would you guys think? John was teaching, and he, he, used, he used the word B-U-T. And he said, I can use that word. Pastor did. I don't know if that's a positive thing or not, but anyway. I think I I preach a lot like Paul probably preached when he first started. I didn't come with eloquence or superior wisdom as I made known to you the testimony of God. What did he make known? The testimony of God. You know the testimony of God is a testimony of the heart. It's not a testimony of the head. He said, for I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except one thing, Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I, I, folks, I am too simple to be deep. I don't have this whole thing figured out. Every time I go to that pulpit and preach, you know who gets preached to also? Me. And I've been doing this 30 plus years. I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm developing. Why? Because my heart is knowing Jesus Christ and Him crucified And in this, I came to you in weakness and fear and much trembling. People tell me, Pastor, it's got to be easy for you to preach. Every week, same thing. I'm nervous. Every week I get up there, I'm concerned. Every week I get up there, I want to know that I'm preaching God's word. Do you know why? I'm going to answer for this. I'm going to answer for all this. He said, my message and my preaching... We're not with wise and persuasive words. How many can say that about Pastor Tim? (laughs) Uh, Libby, I see that look on your face. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) But you know, when I read this passage, I I feel comforted. Because I'm thinking that Paul must have been the same way. Look what he says. But it came with the demonstration of the Spirit's power. Not rest on men's shoulders, is it back? okay? I'll keep a hold of this, okay? Uh, we do uh, not on men's shoulders, but on the power of God. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we speak God's secret wisdom. A wisdom that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. The devil didn't understand it. All of his cohorts didn't understand it. Or they never crucified Jesus. However... As it is understood, it, for if they had, excuse me, for however, as it is understood, uh, uh, is written, no eye has seen, nor ear heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. But God has revealed it to us By the Spirit. That's why when I talk about heaven, that's why when I preach about heaven, there's something inside of you that gets excited, that gets stirred up. Why? Because the Spirit's already been dealing in your heart about what is yet to come. Mm, This is exciting. Okay? A wisdom that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory from the time began. However... As it is written, I, I have not seen the, ears, uh, the heart of a man, Things thing that God prepared for those who love him. God has revealed it to us by the Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? How do we know what other people are thinking or doing? They know and their spirit within them. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. But listen to this. We have not received the spirit of this world, but we have received the spirit who is from God that we may understand what God has freely given us. That is what we speak, not in the words taught by human wisdom, But in words taught by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truths and spiritual words, the man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Uh, Steve just read this. Because he cannot understand them, because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual man makes judgments about all things. Let me say it again. The spiritual man makes judgments about all things. Let me say it again. The spiritual man has discernment in all things, but he himself is not subject to any man's judgment. Why? Because we have known the mind of the Lord, or who has known the mind of the Lord that we may instruct him, but we Have the mind of Christ. We are applying God's word to our life. We are growing in the things of God. Therefore, we understand that God is working our life. This is what Bible study is all about. This is why you can open the Bible up and it can come to life. It's because you're saying, God, I want what you want for me in this passage. I don't want what I need. I don't want what I think. I want to know what you're saying, because it has to do with my life. Amen? Have I made any sense tonight? Are you ready for this series? Uh, this, I'm, I'm really excited about hopefully teaching you how to study the Bible the way I do.